Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to After the Checkered Flag, the F1 dedicated series here on the Behind the Glass podcast. I am your host, Sam, from that YouTube channel, Seen Through Glass. Alongside me, as always, here on After the Checkered Flag, <laughs> it is Paul Wallace from Super London. The resident guest. The resident guest that never goes away. <laughs> I, I still haven't quite given you co-host status yet. <laughs> no, I'm waiting I w- for it. I want the chance to be able to get rid of you at the drop <laughs> of a hat. I have requested the contract. <laughs> oh my God, I just noticed you're wearing a Mercedes F1 hat today. Do you know what? So I packed my bag before mm. I went to a barbecue today, mm. which I then came straight to here. And I was like, is this going to be a bad omen or a good sign? It turned out pretty bad. Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> awful. Uh, but you're also kind of like, you know, really flying the flag for one team here on the podcast. We try and keep I know, it a level well, playing I know field, that you've but got all of the caps in front to those that are watching on YouTube. Uh, you do have a lot of teams. We've got Mercedes, got Red Bull, got an old Senna hat, Pirelli, old Michael Schumacher hat, yeah. and then you're here just yeah, bringing the Bottas vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was driving here going, I need some variety okay. in my headwear. Sure, fine. Because <laughs> at the moment, this is all I have. <laughs> <laughs> and also, so you need a haircut. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave it there. So yes, if you are watching here on YouTube, hello. Make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications for future episodes. This is the first time you've tuned in to After the Checkered Flag. Essentially, after each race, at least for this season, 2021, Paul and I catch up about everything that's happened. Discuss it, react to it, uh, philosophically predict what might happen in the well, future. I think we come in with some expert opinions. Oh, <laughs> expert opinions. We are very amateur. And actually, we just talk about things that we'd like to see. Well, as someone who's driven a Formula 1 car, Paul, I'm not that amateur. <laughs> Actually, actually, I'm very amateur because I did stall Do you know what? I drove um, Joss Verstappen's old F1 car that had some dodgy engine I in think it. you would say Joss, but sure. <laughs> Joss is no, the Joss. Joss. It was an old Arrows, right, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So they, Dubai. Dubai, sorry. Okay. So they, there are lots of these F1 driving experiences where they get old shells of cars and then obviously take out the very expensive engines, a lot of the expensive components, including the gearbox and sub in a sort of Formula (laughs) 3 or Formula 4 car. Still a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, it's just open wheel. Yeah, amazing. Single seater. But that wasn't really your era, was it? did you know anything no, about the car? No, you, no, see, no, I would have been psyched because it was an orange arrows, right? Like yeah, orange mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was just a little plaque down there in the cockpit that sort of said everything about the history of the car. And I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Max Verstappen was conceived. Anyway, anyway, wait, wait. I'll say, I'll say, because we're really, we're blathering on now. Yes. And we've got so much to talk about because, oh my God, <laughs> what an Azerbaijani Grand Prix. Baku delivered. Back once again. I, I was going to say, it never not delivers. It continues to just smash it out of the ballpark. Uh, we are loving a bit of Baku. And you know what? Going into the race, there was so much hype and expectation off a, off a crazy few practice sessions and qualifying that I was kind of confident that nothing would happen in the race. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely thought that all of the excitement had gone into the pre-race that we were going to get another Monaco. Uh, but in fact, everyone that organises the Monaco race, everyone that's in charge of that weekend is going to be watching what happened this weekend and be like, how do we have that? How do we how do we do that? Literally, I saw so many <laughs> tweets, one from Chris Harris being like, Azerbaijan is everything Monaco isn't. <laughs> yeah. But can I just fly the flag for a, a country and a, and a Grand Prix that I love? 
Yes, the actual Grand Prix is everything Monaco isn't, but the place isn't. Mm. Like, Monaco is special in yeah, its own right, yeah, and the yeah. history and the heritage. But let's not get into it, because we did a whole Monaco Grand Prix episode already. Yeah. If you missed that, you can go back and check it out, whether you're watching here on YouTube or listening. Go check out the Monaco special. But yes, Baku delivered, even though even though the first, what, 30 laps were were sort of slightly slow place. It was a strategic. Strategic. Thank you. Strategical. I was like, <laughs> well, I, don't know, I, I didn't know where you were going with that vocabulary. <laughs> it was a strategical race. Uh, it was a very strategic first 30 odd laps. It was building to a potential crescendo, but it was slow. We were texting each other going, uh, yeah. how are we going to create this podcast? <laughs> Not a lot to talk about. We're going to focus on qualifying. But then it really turned on ahead. And oh my God, the final 20 laps were mm. insane. Mm. So if you've never listened, this is our usual format, which is running through the finishing order in reverse order. So we literally go from 20th to 1st, talking about each driver, their weekend, and sort of highlights that stand out to us. So let's get on with it. Baku Grand Prix, last place, unfortunately, Esteban Ocon. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. tell you why he retired, but he uh, did. It was, it was like, all I heard was his car sound like a bag of nails coming back into the pits. It was like gearbox and engine at the same time. We got no on-track content of that car failing, apart from the little plume of yeah, smoke. Yeah, little tiny plume of smoke. Um, and it was just like, yep, yeah, stop the car, box, end but of the race. An unfortunate mechanical failure for Ocon, who... Well, I would say that maybe this was the first Grand Prix weekend, and some people might argue not the case, but that Alonso sort of appeared to have the edge on Ocon. Yeah. Uh, Throughout the weekend, there were just moments of Alonso kind of showing his hand a bit, seeming competitive, seeming to be sort of on top of that car. And whilst Ocon has had an impressive start to the year... I don't know. I thought it was a quieter race for him or maybe a, just a stronger race for Alonso. Yeah, I think it was more a stronger race for Alonso. I think Ocon, obviously, has had fun in that car in the grand scheme of things against, <laughs> against his against his teammate. <laughs> I don't know I'm where not... you're going with this. Keep going. <laughs> where would you like me to go? <laughs> no, because you're like, he's had fun. He's <laughs> no, had a nice yeah. day out and now he's off to retirement. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, in a way, every time I see an early retirement in Formula One, I kind of feel like the driver's like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, <laughs> I've got the afternoon off now. <laughs> well, if you're Esteban Ocon, maybe. I think if you're Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, you're probably a little bit frustrated. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm still getting paid. Not, get, not getting paid per lap. All right, Lance Stroll. And speaking of Lance Stroll, he was our second retirement. So yes, those first 30-odd laps when we were kind of like going, oh, how is this going to pan out? We had yeah. that really exciting initial stage with Hamilton, Leclerc mm. and Verstappen all seemingly well, it was actually just Leclerc going back. Backwards. It was like going backwards, and then Hamilton <laughs> yeah. managing the pace, but it, yeah. it felt exciting. <laughs> yeah. um, but then we were kind of waiting, and and it was that awful thing where we actually texted each other, and I said, "We kind of need a safety car." And you know, you never <laughs> wish for accidents or anything like that in Formula One because it's high no, speed no, and a lot of danger. I think, I think it's fair. It's okay to say that you you wish for an accident, but you don't wish for any of anyone involved to be hurt. Yeah, of course. Because everyone, everyone, safe everyone, every, everyone kind of watches Formula One to see if they crash. So the problem is, years ago, '99, I think I was watching with my cousins and my one oh, of my cousins. Oh, you jinxed it! Well, did you jinx it? He was one of the guys. He wasn't really into F1. He goes, "Oh, I hope there's a really big crash." <laughs> and it was that awful <laughs> one when a Marshall died. There was a huge oh, crash and a Marshall died. So ever yeah. since then, I've always uh, been like, "There's a yeah. part of me that's like, I just don't think I can say." I, I remember it was two seasons ago. I sent a tweet out that was similar air to, "We need a safety car." Like, I hope there's a crash, and everyone was like. Uh, you're basically just asking for someone to put themselves in a position where they could potentially be injured. I was like, no, 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 no. I just like want to see a wheel come off. Yeah. <laughs> An engine failure. Yeah. Hey, it's, you're not doing anything that Flavio Biotori didn't do to Nelson Piquet Jr. <laughs> so come on. Um, there's a real throwback for you. Anyway, uh, you know, our prayers were answered <laughs> when Lance Stroll had a 200 mile an hour crash. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were sitting around waiting for something to happen and suddenly the cameras cut to a very out of control yeah. Aston Martin in a place where you didn't want to see a car out of control. Um, I think it's fair to say he shit a brick. I don't know if I'll believe that or not, but uh, his reaction on the team radio was, oh my God, what just happened? And the fact he's immediately calling for a red flag. I think his first thought seemed to be, someone's going to come a plow into me. Yeah. Because unfortunately, in recent years, some of the big accidents and even the fatal accidents we've seen in all motorsport has been that. It's essentially someone being T-boned, in whether it's in motor, motor, uh, motorbike racing or endurance racing or whatever it might be. So I think that was his first thought, but luckily he, he was, was, a, he, was a, he was a sitting duck. He was a sitting duck Under, in the yeah. fastest part of the track. Yeah. So uh, yeah, scary, scary accident. And I don't really know how and when we should talk about this, but it was the... F- 
the first time that this thought, we might be looking at a Silverstone, I'm not going to remember the year, but essentially- a It's happened twice in Silver, it's happened twice at Silverstone, isn't it? The Pirelli failures yes. is what I'm trying to yeah. get, get, get to. Um, you know, because there was this question mark of, why did he have that sudden tyre failure? Mm. He was trying to extend the life of his hard tyres. He had done the longest amount of laps or the most amount of laps on that tyre at that point. It did seem like it's a pretty sort of random failure. And I think everyone's first thought was, oh, yeah. who else might this happen yeah. to? Like, is it, are we seeing the sign or is it just a, you know, a bit a of freak. debris or something? A freak something. So I guess we're gonna, we'll probably talk about this more when we get on to Max Verstappen because spoiler alert, same <laughs> <laughs> thing happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Stroll I thought was actually driving a pretty solid race yeah. though, considering that he started right he at the back. Yeah he, didn't, yeah, he didn't have a- He did that very long run and he was, you know what, in a net, fourth or fifth at the mm. time, I think. And if you look at Vettel's race, the chances were that Stroll probably would have picked up yeah. some points. So I think it was a good performance for him. As always, as always, I'm a He's just the best driver <laughs> on the grid. I still don't like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny though, was it, Str it was Stroll where it was, was it this, was it the crash in the race or was it a, was it a practice or qualifying where they flashed up like his, his almost like halo folding his arms, looking down the camera lens when he, when they crashed. No, no, because it was because of Monaco when Vettel came out of the pits and was racing, was it Gasly, up the hill? And it was the only moment of excitement of the entire no, Monaco. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're missing the point that I'm trying oh, to get. Okay. There is a moment where something bad happened to Stroll and they played like the wrong intro the wrong clip. to a Stroll highlight. Oh, okay. and it looked like Stroll done some hero move, but it was... It was oh, okay. I, I thought it was just like the go-to whenever anything exciting happens, <laughs> yeah, bringing yeah, the yeah. Stroll promo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, again, we'll talk about Aston Martin a bit more when we get up to, to old Seb Vettel. But yeah, Stroll and his big accident really spun the race around because even though the safety car didn't at that moment really change much mm. up because the pit lane was closed, not a lot of people made the sort of big tyre strategy change at that point. Uh, it didn't do a lot, but it brought, at least brought the field closer and gave us the hope yeah, that things were going to get Any safety car restart is exciting. Whether something happens or not, it just bunches everyone together. It puts people back into DRS zone, obviously, after the three laps or whatever. But fundamentally, from there on in, it just got... Wow. <laughs> it was <laughs> My like, heart was beating. Yeah. Um, and it therefore surprises me. Well, it doesn't really, but obviously the next sort of finisher... Um, because of when he retired, was Max Verstappen. Mm. So actually the rate of attrition on this race wasn't that high. You know, Baku often sees quite a few accidents and definitely in practice and qualifying, we saw endless red flags yeah. and, and silly mistakes. You, I remember you texting me saying, the drivers all look amateur during mm. qualifying because there were so many sort of rookie errors in inverted commas. What looked like rookie errors, obviously, I mean, I'm talking from a little bit of Formula One driving experience as we've discussed. I'm talking from none. Uh, but <laughs> as I was watching it, Obviously, there's no margin for error around there. It's a street circuit and there's no runoff for very little. Um, but it didn't, it, it felt like they were crashing in weird parts of the track that... Maybe we hadn't always seen them having accidents in or... Yeah. or it, it just seemed very difficult to string a lap together. Yeah, and it, yeah. you know, Daniel Ricciardo in qualifying, Max mm. Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, we were seeing everyone, yeah. big, big drivers making, you know little mistakes yeah. um but that's how a street race should be mm. you know that's how a track should be you know punish you for for pushing the limits and maybe in the race they all dialed that back to sort of safely get there but yeah. still you know fundamentally we had i think four dnfs officially um and anyway so max was tapping next on the list now the, uh, so much to talk about in this <laughs> because fundamentally we're seeing it it is happening whether it will maintain the rest of the season or not who knows but it is very much mercedes versus red bull hamilton versus verstappen mm -hmm. it wasn't a sort of fluke for the first few races it is on yeah. it's on and oh, we're gonna see yeah. different tracks suit different cars different drivers and things like that and and it looked like at least at the beginning of the weekend red bull were in a very strong position mm -hmm. especially for a sort of race pace and mercedes were absolutely nowhere and so it felt like a given that max was going to kind of pick up points but sergio perez was right on his tail for the majority yeah. of the weekend and of course we're going to talk about him a lot <laughs> coming up um but max i mean it's so unfortunate because realistically it was a huge opportunity for him to take a big step forward yeah. in the championship 
Uh, obviously, at that time, Lewis was running third. So he was getting, what, 10 points or so? I lose, I so uh, lose it, track of yeah, the point system yeah, these for, days. For, for the amount of races that we've watched. Oh, I'm always like, how many yeah, points yeah. do they I just now? wait for the graphic to come up <laughs> yeah. so that it does the math for me. Because it is confusing. Back in the day when it was just 10 points for the first six drivers, I was like, oh, great, <laughs> yeah. winning. But now I'm like, what is going on? Um, anyway, so, yeah, he was still going to gain a big advantage. And he, he drove an immaculate race. Mm. A pervert is bided his time for the various overtakes he needed to make early on with Leclerc, yeah. with Hamilton, things like that. Uh, pit stop strategy was bang on. 1.9 seconds for <laughs> Outrageous. But they are good. Like Red They're Bull. They're great. Yeah. They're great. So he had everything under control. But then mm. we see our second, theoretical at this point, tyre failure. Yeah. Very similar part of the track with Stroll. Um, very similar. I think it was the same tyre that actually failed. And hey, it's not the first time we've seen this in Baku, right? No. When was when was Bottas's failure? Twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen? Mm, During the last few laps, you're quizzing my F one knowledge. Anyway, yeah. Bottas had his yeah. you know sort of quite famous one two years ago. It must have been must have been the last yeah. race that was out back in twenty nineteen, I think. So, so yeah, we've seen it before. Um, I did, you know, after the straw thing, I was kind of waiting. I know because we've seen this in other races, these late late tire failures. I did think it would happen at some point. Just, maybe not to Verstappen. Yeah, you definitely don't expect it to happen to him who's leading the race. And you're kind of willing him on as well. Even though we are Lewis fans, um, as is quite a lot of other people, you still want that excitement. Were you defending yourself there? What? We're not the only ones. <laughs> other people like Lewis too. <laughs> just get that in real quick. I think. <laughs> Sorry, so go so, on to you. Um, you're, oh, egg, God, you're egg, egging Max on. You're egging Max on because then it will bring out even more of a racer in Lewis Hamilton. Um, and I'd still like to see Max creep on a bit of a gap in points just for Lewis to claw it back. Obviously, want to see him win the world championship. Um, in a way, I kind of was watching this as a Max Verstappen fan. My girlfriend is a huge Max Verstappen fan. So I was telling her, Max is first. Max just over to Leclerc. Max just over to Lewis. And Perez is now splitting Lewis and Max. And she's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Best race ever. Then you text me to say, oh my God. I was watching this on my phone on Sky Go, 45 seconds behind <laughs> live TV. So I'm like, something's about to happen. And I just was not expecting well, it. I think that's actually being like, are any of them going to finish yeah, now? Yeah. And it felt like I was driving over here thinking this, as a Max fan, must have been a roller coaster of emotions going through this race and finishing on a high. Even though Max didn't finish, it was the best case scenario. Of course. For, for, for Max's World Championship and Red Bull. And we've seen that a few times before as Lewis fans, or even way back in the day, Schumacher, whoever you support, there are sometimes these races where you think, oh my God, it's been taken away from our driver, the favourite driver, mm. through their own fault or through a mechanical failure, whatever it might be. And then actually their main contender has another freak, yeah. you know, and so it ends up level. It does happen in sometimes in these freaky races. None of us expected it to happen <laughs> as it did. But yeah, I did feel sorry for Max. I know, I agree. I want there to be a title battle. I really, really want there to be a super close, down to the wire, the final race title battle. And if it's going to be anyone right now, I don't mind it being Verstappen mm, taking it from Because it is that, we've spoken about it before, old and young, mm. you know, outgoing champ, up and coming future champ, like all of these different things. It's a, it's a monumental moment for the sport. But I don't like Max Verstappen. <laughs> I oh, just, you don't like I him? I just don't like him. Oh, but what if he listens to this? Oh, he might. Like, <laughs> hey, Max. <laughs> and this is, it's, you know, I don't know the guy, but yeah. just on TV, I still think, and this is such an aggressive word, <laughs> uh -oh. comes across a little petulant. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a brutal do you, not think that's do you not just think that is his raging fire? I love of, his passion. Of, of him wanting to win. I love his passion. I love that he's pushing, theoretically, the best driver at least of this generation, mm. right to the edge. And I like his on-track style. I just don't love the way he carries himself. But as a real long-time F1 fan, I've been through this so many times. Mika Hakkinen, <laughs> uh, one of Schumacher's biggest rivals and also greatest friends, I loathed the guy. <laughs> when he was really racing Michael and taking championships away, I loathed him. In the one year that he was like a bit slow and off the pace and didn't really care, I was like, he's so funny. What a guy. So like we go through these edges and I think there is a part of me that doesn't like Max because he is yeah. so good and he's really putting the pressure on. But I just sometimes think in his attitude and he's, he's definitely becoming mature, he's becoming a better spokesperson, all these things. 
I just, I, I can't find myself. Even though is, it, is, it, is it because he's doing everything that Charlotte Clerk should be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare talk about Charles like that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. At one point, it felt like, is this a monumental moment within the championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still could be, yeah, but for yeah, very different yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were talking, the commentators were talking about the two second extra that they spent on Lewis's pit as being like a world championship yeah. defining moment. Then we had that, which I, I feel so sorry for Max for that. Like, I, I just imagine what he must have felt at the moment the car gave way. Firstly, having a crash at 200 mile an hour, oh. but the realization of your rival still yeah. driving around and now picking up points whilst you've got none. So he would, have been, it would've... he would have been watching that race. He would have celebrated as if the Netherlands had won the Euros. <laughs> Good football reference. Did you hear how he found out that Lewis had gone off? No. Oh, he was in the hospital bed, like getting his medical check oh. <laughs> and they were taking his blood pressure and he could hear the cars, but he wasn't watching and his phone started kicking off. It went, what's oh. happened? What's happened? And someone went, oh, Lewis has gone straight on oh. at the restart. <laughs> <laughs> and his blood pressure shot up. I could imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing is, medical. when was the last head, like proper long championship battle that you saw? Because you, when was well, the, was you started Ro watching... Rosberg. Oh, fine, fair, okay, yeah, good point. Um, was the last one. But then also, when Vettel took a really strong lead on Lewis, twenty after? 18, was, like was, was it? When he was like Rosberg. 45 points up, like after the yeah. first, yeah. And then yeah. the break came in, and then Lewis came and back he binned and it in Germany. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like, Lewis realised that he needed to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, i got to work now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. But my rap album was coming along so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, George Russell and Nicholas Latifi in 17th and 16th. Mm. Uh, not a lot to talk about with their races, I don't think. Yeah, Russell. but what's, what's crazy with Russell was he was the first person to pit in the race. He came in at the end of lap one. You're so right. And Williams believed, as did quite a lot of other people, that potentially the fastest strategy was to set yourself on a set of hards after lap one and go to the end. Of Just the go. Off you go, mate. Good luck. See you later. I was like, are you mental? Good on them for having a go, yeah, right? Because yeah, they kind of yeah. thought there's a crazy yeah. safety car. We might win. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, relatively so. Apart from smashing Q2 once again, well yeah, done, George Russell. Yeah, yeah. And not a lot to talk about with those two. Mm. So, can't believe it's this early in the podcast. We come on to Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> P it's been a while since we've had to talk about him so early on. Okay, I've got a monologue to do here. So, let me, okay. let me get your thoughts. Talk to me about Lewis's weekend and his race and what you felt like seeing him absolutely send it and go in completely the wrong direction at turn one <laughs> and then end up in 15. Um, I couldn't quite work out what was going on in practice. I don't think he could. But I definitely think there was something going on behind the scenes. Whether Mercedes were... I don't know what they were doing. I felt like they were playing mind games a little bit because there was so much off-track action between Toto and Christian that it was kind of detracting away from maybe what they were testing somewhere else. Lewis didn't know what was going on. I listened to him pretty much every single interview after the practice and he didn't have any answers for what was going on. It's just like, oh, I'm going to have a really long debrief later to try and figure out what's going on. Qualifying, obviously, you saw the car come into its own a little bit more. Lewis never said that he was driving badly over the weekend. He always said, I feel good in the car. The car's just not that fast. Um, he had a good qualifying, but I think in a way qualifying was messed up because of the red flag and I think other people might have changed the grid order. But then we all know... Both Lewis, with his raceability and experience, is probably the best way, is uh, the best on the grid. Um, but also, like, he was chasing Charles. I don't want to talk badly what? about it. What are you saying? <laughs> are you talking about in the race now or are you talking about for P1? I, I'm talking about in the race. Okay, in the race. Um, I always assumed that he would... Yeah, I think I think get I mean, past the f as much as I'm a fan. I, think <laughs> I, I was realistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you could hear everyone's predictions that Lewis sticking it where he stuck it at qualifying. He was favourite to win that race. It was Red Bull's qualifying to lose. They lost. I felt like it was Mercedes' race to lose. And then after that restart, he said that it was something to do with he switched the brakes off. Yeah, so because you were watching on your Sky Go, I'll, I'll try and fill you in a bit. So I, I disagree a bit there. I think Red Bull's race pace always looked very strong. Yeah. I think Lewis managed to get himself high up on the grid using Bottas's drag, but also... I'm oh, sorry, I forgot all of them, all of the, all of that. And just to jump in on that, Go the on. amount of people that were like messaging me going, it's so unfair on Bottas, <laughs> like, this isn't fair. I'm sorry, it's totally fair. Yeah. If, when did he join the team? 2017, 2018? Later. 
2017, 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Rosberg retired 2016. If you consistently come second and you're consistently mm. slower than your teammate who's winning championships, the team are always going to put you in that second place. Mm. They're always going to use you. It, it's just the way it is. If he, if you want Bottas to be treated fairly, tell Bottas to drive quicker. Yeah. Like that, it's just the way of Formula Del- One. Deliver. Just deliver and then you won't be having to give mm. your teammate a drag. So that everyone's like, oh, poor Bottas. No, mm. he's crap. So, you know, <laughs> poor, um, but we definitely think he's on the way out. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. So, yeah, I think, I think it looked like Red Bull's race to lose, I, I would okay. say. Um, and definitely after that pit stop, when they did the overcut, um, I think Lewis, I didn't see Lewis coming past No, them. no, no, no. Um, but so my takeaway from all of this is for the last five years, we have seen this immaculate Lewis Hamilton, right? We've talked about it on this podcast before. It's his relentless uh, success, but also consistency. Mm. I think 54 points finishes up until this point, until this race. Um, that it makes him so incredible. I truly believe that's because he hasn't had a challenge. Mm. And maybe it was the On The Marbles podcast, or I was listening to something else, and they were saying that when you are at one with the car, when you are on a sort of, you know, uh, a success train, you your self-confidence is so high that you just believe you can yeah. achieve anything. So that kind of mentality that we've seen from him so far of, right, I've got 20 seconds to make up. He's like, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. okay, I've come second, but I'm still going to win the championship. Like, yeah. there's no question in his mind. He's had that confidence where finally, really ever since Rosberg, we've seen someone come along and I think Lewis seriously thinks, I might not win this championship. Like, I, I see, I don't think, I don't think that ever has crossed his mind really yeah see i think he sees this whole year and he's like i need to be maxing out points i i need uh, this is a championship battle and i cannot afford to have my offer we saw it in uh, imola Mm. when he made that rushed attempt to pass russell and went off into the gravel okay finally ended up p2 still but he admitted afterwards he was rushing and i think that's because he thought i can't I can't sit back here. It's not like in other years where <laughs> my only rival's Botter, so <laughs> I can take. Five, he can win five races. I'll still beat him. Yeah. And here at Baku, going into that race restart, which thank God Formula One did. Well, let's talk about that in a second. Uh, he played it cool on the radio, guys. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Like definite, what's it called? Reverse psychology. Because he absolutely <laughs> lunged yeah, yeah, up yeah. the inside. Yeah, but I just think I think Perez got a bad start. Perez got an yeah an average <laughs> yeah. start. Now, well, he was level with his car, like within the first ten meters. Yeah. So Lewis was right there, mm. and he was going for it because I think, as I say, he wanted to be aggressive because he thought I've got to max out. Lewis, uh, sorry, a max out, pun intended. <laughs> uh, Verstappen is out, I need to maximize on points. Now what he did apparently was, there's a switch uh, called brake magic, I think. Apparently behind safety cars, Mercedes use it to heat up uh, the brakes, the wheels, the tires, etc., like that to keep temperatures. So basically deactivates, I think the rear brakes or something. Right. He accidentally knocked that. He accidentally reactivated it. And so he basically had no brakes yeah. and he just had a, like full front brakes and so he locked up. So his mistake, but I, I'm just starting to see little signs of pressure or Hamilton at least, we've, we have not seen him make these mistakes for five mm. years. Yeah. For five years, even when Vettel was right on it and Lewis always had this very cool, very calm, collected demeanor where suddenly at Monaco, he was fuming with the team. Yeah. Imola, he was rushing past Russell and going off into the gravel. Baku, he's making these silly mistakes on the steering wheel or lunging up inside Perez when he doesn't need to. And I do think it's because he's a tad nervous. I think he thinks I've got to max out every single race. I've got to be on it in every race. And he's feeling the pressure. I think he's definitely feeling the pressure. I just don't think there is an ounce of blood or bone in his body that he doesn't believe in himself that he won't win the championship. Whereas I believe Max, I think Max, his self-confidence in his ability, he believes he can beat Lewis Hamilton. He believes he's faster than Lewis Hamilton. I don't think, based on the interviews that I've seen with Max Verstappen this year, he believes in the car. Yes, and also, as we've seen in any sport... It's a psychological battle over mm. a season. Yeah. You know, there's only so much you can do. M- moments like this, it's how you build yourself. It's how you put yourself together. And it's how you attack the entire season that makes the champion. Because as we say, we saw that with Alonso versus Vettel when he had a 50-odd point lead mid-season. Vettel versus Hamilton, 40-odd point lead. It can all crumble away very yeah. quickly. And, and, the, I think- and, and history would say 
that even if Max has built up a very strong lead, just based on the experience that Lewis has, it's ne- it's never over until it's mathematically impossible. I I think I would agree with you usually, except it's the first half of the season and we're seeing little mistakes which we haven't seen in such a long time. Okay, fine, go back to the Rosberg years or heck, go back to the McLaren years. Hamilton could still make mistakes and still deliver a series, mm. either a championship winning you know season or a, a, a contender. So. I don't think this means, oh, he's lost it, he's out of it, like, <laughs> this is over. But I just do think it's showing us that this is a real battle, or at least Lewis is considering it a proper battle, not the usual walkover. So would you advise Lewis to stop doing LG fridge adverts on <laughs> oh Instagram? My, what is with, all, like, the whole F1 community this week, <laughs> we're, we're doing ads. <laughs> Ferrari were doing private jet ads. Martin Brundle was doing a no, Silverstone. No, Leclerc has been doing private jet ads all season. But it's season. a Ferrari, they're a Ferrari sponsor. Oh, are they? Yeah. So oh. they're all doing hashtag ads. So they've sold, they've sold in Leclerc socials yeah, as yeah, yeah. part so of the right. sponsorship. So right. That's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, speaking of outrageous, we've got to move on because, yeah, Lewis, I mean, great for the championship that yeah. neither of them scored points. I think it would have been slightly depressing if Lewis had won or come second and Max come out. It would have felt a bit like oof, a bit deflating. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, we keep, you know, keep the championship moving forward. Red Bull uh, move forward in the constructors. So, you know, it, it was yeah, good yeah, for yeah. our competitive championship. Um, next up, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. I think Schumacher got past Mazepin on the last lap and Mazepin nearly put him in the wall at yeah. 200 miles an hour. Yeah. I saw some tweets about that. I haven't seen the footage. I haven't seen it either, but all I saw was uh, Mick Schumacher was like, does this guy want to kill me? Or something like that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least his father does. Yeah, um, the 13th and 14th, yeah. of course, helped. I mean, yeah, Mazepin is going to dine out on the fact that he beat Lewis in a race once. I mean, literally, there's a, I saw a great <laughs> thing of an old man reading to a Kids, and, said, oh, and that was yeah, the day yeah. I beat Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Go on, Nikita Mazepin. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> well, in P12, God, what a disaster. His season continues to be Valtteri Bottas. Mm. Um, Toto did defend him, which is a surprise this year. Said that, you know, the car was nowhere. And when the car's nowhere on a street track, yeah. you're not going anywhere. Fine, I kind of get that. But come on, bro. Like, mm. how many more excuses do you need to make for this guy? I, I think we spoke about it in the week. I do feel like Bottas has been given his notice. Mm. And we've maybe spoke about it actually even on the last podcast. I think he's checked out. Yeah, and if that car is difficult to set up and, and get the balance right on, I just don't think. But it he has. he did, yeah, he did have a different uh, rear, rear wing, wing rear yeah. wing to Lewis as as a as a like, oh, we'll 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 trial both. Um, we believe that Lewis has probably got more of a chance of like being fast, but we'll try that as well, yeah. like, <laughs> just for future races. Um, it's we were talking about it during the race, how he literally could not move up the grid. And to f- and he so he went backwards, lost two, four two. places in the first lap. Yeah, mm. I mean, uh, if everyone is giving had been giving Perez a hard time, saying this is what Red Bull needed. Yes, Bottas does traditionally do a good solid job, but the last three races mm. that's starting to go out the window. Yeah, and so um, and we believe that there's a correlation to the fact that he has been told there is no space, yeah, space, space for him in the team next year. Adios, amigos. 
Um, Which but, probably makes sense with Spain. Yeah. Why he didn't move out. Probably why he put his Mercedes road car up for sale. Yeah. <laughs> like, All of these things. Yeah, there are so many telltale signs that... And also, most of the time with drivers, you know, when you're told you're getting the boot, you do start to get phased out of a lot of technical briefings yeah, yeah, and yeah. meetings and things like that. So if they're testing... Otherwise, you can for, bring secrets to the next team. Well, if, you know, if, next if year we're seeing this massive rule change. And yeah. if, if you're onto something and in Friday practice, Mercedes were very sneakily, not even telling Lewis or Valtteri, mm. testing some weird parts... Maybe they're just off the pace. Maybe that car's hard to set up. But if they were, it would make sense as to yeah. why both drivers were kind of clueless and Bottas mm. again would be out of the loop. Yeah. So yeah, 12th. I mean, no point on pace. No point on pace. Yeah. He's three seconds ahead of Schumacher. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> uh, 11th and 10th. Slightly also rounds Giovinazzi and Raikkonen. We love just saying that they're there and we love the cars. Kimi... Oh, they, jumped, they jumped up the grid. Giovinazzi, I was up like seven places, wasn't he? Yeah, but it didn't work out in the end. Oh. I mean, they both, but that's an Alfa Romeo trait, isn't it? We see them yeah, coming and going, yeah. different strategies there, moments where they look super competitive and then they just disappear mm. again. Um, did Kimi make the mistake in qualifying or practice? Who binned it? One of the Alphas did, didn't they? I think it was Kimi, wasn't it? Or maybe it's was in it? practice. Not, One not of them binned it yeah. at some point. Um, but anyway, P10 for Kimi, so a point for him. But, you know, just solid. I mean, it's just I'd just like to say they look really cool in slow motion. Yeah, you I say that say every it. week. Yeah. <laughs> or every episode, at least. Yeah. Um, and I will continue to do so. You will so. continue. P9, Danny Rick. I feel sorry for Danny Rick because I felt like, at least in practice and Q1 and Q2, yeah. uh, he was up. He, he was faster like, than that. It's Lando. him. He apparently spent a lot of time in the sim during the, 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 the little break between Grand Prix. Mm. Thought he'd felt something sort of click and, and change around. And then it just slightly fell apart. He obviously binned it in Q3 or Q2? Q2. Q2. Binned it in Q2, and uh, and then the race, unfortunately, just didn't, like, once again, didn't seem to have the race pace. There was a good battle right at the beginning with him and Lando. That was quite exciting. His racecraft's gone past, nowhere. Yeah, his yeah. racecraft's clearly gone nowhere, but but it's just that pace. And uh, from listening to a bit of the commentary, but also picking up on a few stories, I was chatting to some guys last week. Oh, this is F1 Inside, guys. F1 Inside. I never know who to name check or not. But <laughs> no, talking, Apparently, talking, the, talking to Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, you know. Um, <laughs> apparently that McLaren, it's all to do with how it carries speed through corners. To really get the McLaren on song, the car has to really stop on its nose before you can turn into a corner where a Red Bull or Renaissance like that, you can sort of almost cadence, but you can sort of carry, you can sweep into the corner carrying right. a lot more speed. So it's a fundamental change in driving style. Mm. And there's different cars that behave this before. We were talking about how, you know, Max Verstappen likes to drive a twitchy car and that's why some of these other drivers can't get on board with that. So I think it's, for Danny, it's probably just a complete it's mentality a, yeah. change. Um, so let's wait and see. But it, it was, there was positive signs that then unfortunately fell away a bit, but we're keeping our fingers crossed. The only thing which I think is sad for him is we're now seeing Perez, Vettel, maybe even Alonso get on Squeeze, Squeezing up, getting onto the pace, which is just moving him down a little bit more. Exactly. Carlos Sainz, eighth place, I feel doesn't reflect Ferrari's sort of, not sort of potential, but you know, it didn't work out like mm. it could have for Ferrari, but that's probably because it was their single lap pace that was yeah. really the start I was, of I was the gonna get. I was going to say that their race pace was totally different to their one lap just blitz the fucking thing. Definitely going to bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is 8pm on a Sunday evening. <laughs> One tens again. Um, so yeah, Carlos, so he had that weird incident in qualifying when he saw Sonoda crash. I mean, I've, I've seen you at go-karting. When it, like, it happens so much where a car, a cart up ahead mm -hmm. spins, mm -hmm. which immediately spins about four cars in, in a dominoes effect. And I, think that's, I think that's how you break your rib, actually. <laughs> Very good point, actually. Um, but right. it was, and when you, when you have no runoff moment, it was just funny how he entered into the corner because um, you kind of just think, oh, well, I'll just back out of the corner and go straight on. But like- He, he should have, the back came around in front of him. Handbrake turn. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, unfortunate for him. And uh, yeah, probably a mistake that he was a bit like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> um, Solid-ish race. So that's yeah, why I'm saying like yeah. eighth is a bit like, I think maybe, you know, just, as you the race pace wasn't there. Then because of the different safety cars, yeah, the different bits just yeah, got a little bit he, caught out. But um, considering that Verstappen and Lewis were out, 
that would basically equate to P10 if they were both in, which is yeah. which is pretty bad. Yes, for, for sure. And for, you know, the last couple of races. Actually, they've been strong. We've said that yeah. throughout the year, you know, Ferrari have been the surprise of the midfield slash, you know, the top teams. Mm. Um, you know, their, their pace is there and it's come really on song in Monaco and then here again in Baku. Um, so Carlos, I think he'll be disappointed with that. Yeah. Um, he's definitely doing a solid old job. Speaking of solid jobs though, P7, Yuki Tsunoda. <laughs> Out of nowhere, back on yeah. form. yeah. And I think he was kind of, I mean, obviously he put in a really good qualifying performance to get into Q3, obviously then created or or was paid off by Ferrari to <laughs> send that red flag out. <laughs> Should we talk about that for two seconds? <laughs> well, yeah, go on. Go so on. the fact that every time Leclerc's on pole now, somehow Ferrari can yeah. manufacture some kind of incident. <laughs> Quickly, someone crash. <laughs> and you know they've Who's got the power. Who's on our payroll? Yeah. You know they've got the power. So you probably uh, have a switch on the thing. <laughs> crash. Yeah. Crash. <laughs> um... But no, I, 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 as we've said with Sonoda over the few weeks that we've had and races that we've had and the way that he's been overdriving the car, I definitely felt like he was overdriving, but it kind of clicked, it kind of worked here. Um, only because, I say this because of his radio, where they told him oh to my God. Oh, at this point, I was listening to it in my car on the way out to his barbecue. <laughs> It was so loud and through my speakers the way that he screamed like, oh, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so to catch everyone up in case you missed this or wasn't included in the highlights, I don't know what. But, yeah, so apparently he had a couple of weeks where he went, he's moved, he's near the factory now, he's putting a lot more time in, a lot more work in, and apparently it really helped. And we've seen it sort of more competitive or more calm. Yeah, you, yeah. Or we thought it was a more calm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Then he bins it in Q3, definitely raking way too late. And then in the race, the driver's like, come on now. Or the engineer's like, come yeah, on now. Yeah, we need maximum lab, attack. Maximum max, max, <laughs> He just goes, okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I did feel like AlphaTauri were quite like aggressive. They but, said it like three times, like, okay, now push. Okay, speed up. But maybe this is what they feel he needs. or this mm, is the, yeah. the, There's obviously not a gelling that's going on there because this very sort of, they're very vocal, they're very upfront. You know, he needs to work hard. He's come to the factory. We're going to put more time in. And then he's, the, got, he's almost like slagging his team off if yeah, he makes a mistake. It's a bit of a frictitious relationship, mm. but, but maybe that's how they're getting the most yeah. out of each other. Maybe they need to teach him like a school kid, uh, you yeah. know, a naughty school kid, <laughs> um, and be kind of brutal with him to get the most out of him. But yeah, it was quite a hilarious, but I don't think it's gone, gone down very well, <laughs> uh, radio exchange. But, you know, P7, actually fairly solid. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And for him, it was a result he needed. And yeah, you know, good on him. By comparison to Gasly. Yeah. Castle, what a dream! <laughs> uh, so in sixth, Fernando Alonso. We, me we mentioned it out of nowhere. What a weekend! What about P five? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to say. Well done, Jimmy Alfonso. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, a track he loves, and we know that the Alpine can have its moments. And he uh, was, again was we, lucky. We've, we've just seen that he hasn't lost it. Well, he has, but okay, maybe, maybe it's coming has. back. Maybe yeah. he's gaining. Did he back have a haircut? Again. No, he still no. hasn't had a haircut. Oh my god, it looks like a heavy metal say, rocker from the eighties. That's 80s. why he's like somehow got some points this weekend. Well, let's see. But you know, it's a definitely a solid result for him. And uh, is it good to see him there? No. Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> P five, Lando Norris. I would say lucky to end up yeah. P five. Yeah. Um, well, well, you say that, but also obviously had quite a. I just don't think the McLaren. Was that fast? I, that's what um, I, yeah, I don't think it was that fast this weekend. I don't think that car suited the track, um, especially what you were talking about and the way that car um, behaves through the corners. I think Lando bought his A game to qualifying, but then obviously got stung with the penalty, which it was it was it was tight. It was borderline, but rules are rules. It's like black and white at that point. So he was obviously getting that grid penalty. Um, so to, to bring it up, like you have to take into consideration the retirements and um, the two that were probably going to be contending for the podium. So I think in the grand scheme of things, lucky to an extent, but also just consistent. Yeah. We didn't uh, see much from him. Great for his season results. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. he's still looks, in that top good. five. It looks yeah, great. But yeah, yeah it, I think you're right. McLaren just weren't quick around yeah. back. It, it's not, clearly the street circuits aren't going to suit them. Um, she's so, lucky there's not that many left. I know, so Singapore's, Singapore's been cancelled. <laughs> she's supposed to be on But yeah, so, uh, so you know, good. It's a, he has got some consistency, even if the car doesn't suit the track. 
Solid result from him. Good qualifying. We can't knock Lando at the moment. He's doing he's doing a good job. But you tried. I do try. <laughs> P4. <laughs> Jesus walks amongst uh, this men. Is, this is when it gets good because... Now we can really get into the juicy bits. Yeah. Charlotte Claire, P4. So obviously the man sticks it on pole. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see whether anyone was going to get close, but stuck it on pole by like three tenths. Yeah. I mean, it was a and fair then came whack. out and said that was a... Lap. Yeah, that was a crap lap. Yeah. I could have done better. So who knows if he would have been there if everyone had another run, but but fair play to him and capitalizing or maximizing Ferrari's potential mm. around the street circuit. I um, felt like it was more a, a sign of his driving ability more so than the car's pace. Yeah, like, to he be extracted able, everything. Yeah, yeah, as you said, as you say every week. <laughs> <laughs> the man's a genius. <laughs> um, and then I think he did well. The, the first however many laps that he managed to stay in the mix with the yeah. top three, he, he fought well, he drove well, positioned the car where it needed to be, obviously started slipping backwards. Um, I think, you know, you're very lucky to end up P4, but in a good way. Like, mm. I think he deserved it for his qualifying performance. Yeah. Um, and for the Monaco mishap. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's one of those things. It's nice to see him. It was nice to see him come back and then do pole again and get back-to-back poles. It's like, oh my God. Like, this genuine guy was not a freak. Yeah. Um, well, he is a freak, but in yeah. a good way. Um, but yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, well, I mean, he's... I just like seeing Ferraris up there. I'm not a Ferrari fan, um, but it was nice to see them up up where they were. It's like Lando, where he's just doing a solid job. I mean, you, okay, here's a good question. Leclerc, Lando. Oh, Leclerc, hands down. In the same car? Mage. In the uh, same car. Leclerc, because you know Leclerc's Formula 2, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. Was we, Lando we, we, racing we watched as well? some of it live. We did, but I'm, was that, I'm sure Lando was racing... In uh, Formula Two that same season, uh, twenty seventeen maybe not. Dude, give me two seconds. <laughs> talk, talk amongst yourself. <laughs> well, um, you just jinxed me. But, but I, I would one hundred percent say okay. The hands down, uh, Leclerc. So you're saying that that McLaren is probably ten, yeah, 20 so percent more. So they obviously weren't in the same car, but in championship year, Leclerc was first and Norris was twenty fifth with. Actually, he only competed in two races. <laughs> he retired and came 13. But Lando never won Formula 2, did he? Yeah. Um, I think he, what was his highest position in the year that he did it on? Sorry, we've gone so off topic here. He also <laughs> raced in Cullen 28, close to winning, but came runner-up to George Russell. So I would say Russell and Leclerc, okay. followed by Norris. Yeah. But to be fair, I think Norris is... Becoming stronger and stronger. Yeah. Um, the question is, now that we've seen how difficult that McLaren is to drive, if Norris were to ever to, move to teams, go to another team, would he would his driving style be able to transition as fast? That's the question. But yeah, I think as a next generation, still the Verstappen, Leclerc, Leclerc, Russell, Russell Norris, um, you know, incredibly strong. Mm. Um, I'm just looking to see who else I think I'd put in that. But no, I, I would put them as, oh, and Gasly, because we're about to come on to him. Yeah. I'd put them right up there. And okay. I wouldn't have put Gasly up there a few years ago, but obviously yeah. now I think he's really showing his full. Bloody so let's, let's come on to it. P, yeah. P3, Pierre Gasly. I mean, yeah. and that's not a fluke. No. I mean, he was, he was lucky, but that's not a fluke. Qualified P4, the genius. Yeah. And we've been talking about this for a while. AlphaTauri have always suggested that they might have podium pace. Mm, yeah. But it just haven't been able to deliver on it in kind of until now. Yeah, I, I mean, if we go back to the testing and they showed their hands, whereas pretty much every other team didn't. And all of a sudden we were there sitting going, are we going to have AlphaTauri competing with the likes of McLaren and Ferrari? This is, this is huge. Um, and then, obviously, with Sonoda and Gasly, who obviously have two very different driving styles and two very different personalities, to be able to see them deliver, I always I feel like Gasly, regardless, is the underdog in mm -hmm. every situation. And um, obviously, seeing him win at Monza and then seeing that be portrayed in a Netflix documentary, from there on, I'm just like, I want to see him win as many races as possible obviously without meaning that Lewis doesn't win the World Championship. But it's just so good to see. And then obviously to see how much it means to him. Um, obviously, after losing his friend at Spa, like, I don't know, I just feel like I've got this connection with him. <laughs> after seeing him, I remember in Monaco, it was two years ago, and I was with Seb Delaney, and we were with Pierre Gasly and Max Verstappen, and they were doing some sim battle. He just didn't look like he wanted to be there. Mm. Like he was not interested in the slightest. And now to see him completely transform in the way that he has, so cool. I totally agree with you. And the thing is, like track 
his success, he's done first, second, and third. He's won a bloody Grand Prix, <laughs> yeah. and he's now done second and third in an Alpha Tauri, in an aggressively midfield mm. car. Where does he go from here? Because he has to go somewhere. It would be the biggest crime in the world if he never got another opportunity in a top car. But because he's been tainted a little bit by that Red, Red Bull, Bull experience and that Red Bull program, how does he get out and where mm. does he go? Because if you look at the, you know, he's not going back to Red Bull. That's not yeah. going to happen. Mercedes, you would say that they've already got their Russells potentially in Ocon lined up. Uh, yeah, I think their next two drivers are already sorted. If Bottas and Lewis go... And I mean, they're definitely going to be aggressively chasing Verstappen. There's enough people on that grid that they're yeah. going to be harassing. Ferrari, again, I don't think they're going to be changing uh, yeah. from Leclerc or Science for a while now. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be very happy. McLaren could come to the forte, but I don't think they're going to change. Mm -hmm. So you've got this weird moment where where does, where does well, Gasly go? I think you just hope that next season, with the new regulations that come in, that car's even more competitive. Because I, I, I'm, I, I agree, I just don't think there, there's a seat for him in, in better faster teams and he's doing great for now maybe mm. he doesn't need to go anywhere if yeah. he can get these kind of results in that midfield team maybe he's a bit of a Sergio Perez where it's going to be a long game for him but <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen such competitive midfield driver yeah. a little bit stuck because over the years firstly there's been a more competitive top end of the field but also seats becoming open and I just oh, with all these young driver programs and with everyone signed up for so many years what does he do but I just want to see him have a chance. See, yeah. Yeah. And may, I mean, come on, Mercedes. <laughs> it's his only chance if Lewis retires. It's yeah. his only chance. But, um, but do you just not think that they'll stick? I think with Bottas going, obviously this is a, a rumour rather than being confirmed, you, you're going to stick Russell in. Yeah, Russell's definitely if, in. If Lewis goes at the end of the season, do you not think that Mercedes will throw all of the money at Verstappen? Not that I just don't think they'll... Yeah, yes. I mean, looking down the grid... I don't see where else you go. If if Lewis leaves as well, uh, you want some... Exp I think, yeah, I think you go Verstappen and Russell, surely. Mm. Um, now, word on the street is... From Bernie. Uh, from Bernie. <laughs> My best friend, Bernie. <laughs> we weekly phone calls with Bernie. <laughs> Mercedes may not be Mercedes next year. Mm. So whilst they will remain in the sport as an engine manufacturer... Mm. Uh, that team is more than likely going to be sold to existing shareholders mm, in the very near future. I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we've seen in quite a few other sports, one big company uh, renaming yeah. some very successful teams mm. uh, and a sponsor of Mercedes that is already <laughs> a very big sponsor, yeah. very prominent, and a shareholder uh, is probably likely to do a buyout. So I think we might be seeing the Ineos F1 team next year or, mo or at least soon off if not the sort of Toto Ineos too. Like, there's something going <laughs> yeah, on there, but yeah. I think Mercedes, with everything going on in the world, are likely to dial back their ownership. Team will still exist. Funding's still going to be there. Um, and I say they'll still be running Mercedes engines as, I guess, the, the what's called um, factory team. Yeah. Just not actually be branded as a Mercedes-AMG team. Can I, can I quickly go off topic to the road cars on Mercedes? Because they, yeah. are, they are bringing out electric cars so secretly. Really? If you go on their configurator, yeah. they've got... EQA, yeah. EQC, EQE, EQ, EQG's coming out. Like It's like they're not releasing them to the public. It's yeah, just like they're just... They're just there oh, you go, FYI. Have one of them. And it's all of the online stores as well. So you yeah. go in, you buy them online like you're buying an iPhone, and then they just turn up. Fair play. Yeah. All right, all right, Mercedes. Well, I'm just... I'm just it <laughs> no, kind no. of links to Mercedes yeah. leaving Formula One in the way that the world is going, uh, Mercedes being an automotive manufacturer. And we've long spoken about, a bit like The Last Dance, is this era of, if, if Mercedes step back, is that Lewis's? Yeah. I've done it, I've been yeah. in the sport with Mercedes from year one, maybe that's my time as well. So let's see, lots of speculation. Um, but I do, I've heard, I've seen a few different articles now mm. talking about that potential Ineos buyout. And, yeah. and if we look at other sports, they have yeah. been aggressively yeah, buying yeah. very successful teams. And the fact that they now own a third hints to me that, yeah, that could happen. Uh, second, driver oh. of oh. the day. And in Monaco, my favourite driver. So I need to pick, I'm just going to ruin you on this. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel. So a bit like I was saying before, when Vettel was up against, you know, when he was winning everything and then when he was up against Lewis, I was always a bit like Dick Dastardly Vettel, yeah. but I still loved him. Yeah. Because he's a character and mm. I've been so lucky to meet him a few times. He's been so nice. And definitely in his declining years, he still put in some wicked Vettel-esque performances, but obviously 
had those dark periods way back with the Daniel, Daniel Rick year in 20, whatever that was, 14, 13, 14. And then more recently in Ferrari, those last two years. But we've all seen him go to Aston Martin <laughs> and we've all said, oh, we want him to do well. Yeah. And out of nowhere, because you know, you hated him when he was at Ferrari. You would text me hourly, just in the middle no, of the week. I mean, going, I, I, pub- I, hate I, I publicly was posting many gifts. Uh, gifts? Gifts. Gifts. <laughs> yeah. Um, Remove the tea. That, uh, that was just sort of emulating pieces of rubbish getting thrown in the bin. And I was like, there goes Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> you were so aggressive and it but upset I think me so much. It's because of the association that he had with Ferrari during the era where I was willing Lewis in the same way that, going back to the football reference, if you support Chelsea, you're going to hate Tottenham players. Sure. But they're still humans. And if you saw them in the street, you'd be like, oh, cool, there's, there's, that, there's that footballer. Maybe, right. maybe not. But as soon as they put on that jersey, it's like you get rage. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> Whenever Vettel put that Ferrari suit on, even though- I like, hate you! Yeah, I was like, I so don't want you to do well. <laughs> but now, in a bit of green- Oh, yeah, but firstly, we love Aston Martin. Mm, Secondly, I love Lance Stroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in a way, I love- the Vettel interviews, going on YouTube, F1, press, question highlights. Vettel is always one of the most entertaining So people. funny. Um, and I've listened to a few podcasts and just getting a, a sense of his private life away from Formula One as well. I kind of like that outlook that he has and the way that he just tucks himself away with his family and does mm-hmm. his own stuff and leaves the limelight to the other lot. Um, so in a way, I want the, the Aston Martin team to continue to develop, continue to bring points home. And I want that team to be a success. Um, So the fact that they've gone and bought Vettel in from Ferrari, all of the experience that he has, the world championships that he has, in a way to hopefully nurture Stroll a little bit, but also deliver himself, to see him do what he did in Monaco and then deliver again. It wasn't just, oh, that car was all right in Monaco. That's why he did that. He did it again in Baku. I thought it was properly cool. Um, and he beat Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Vettel we all hoped he would be moving to yeah. Aston. The pressure was theoretically off. He was in a relaxed environment that wanted to celebrate him mm. rather than pressurize him. Uh he had a slow start to the year. We were all a bit worried. We thought, oh, maybe he's actually just in a funk and going backwards. Some people were very critical of him. Yeah. I think even we were a little bit. Probably. Uh, we were hopeful, but critical. Um, Probably only critical. And then something <laughs> has seemed to switch. He had that great Monaco, which filled him with confidence. And all weekend, he was strong mm. in Baku. And he drove a great race before all the chaos, before all the mayhem. He'd driven a very, very strong race. And to be able to end up P2, absolutely amazing. He seemed so happy. I think it will push him even further. And on the marbles, the podcast, which is basically the Channel 4 coverage, is Steve Jones and DC and Lee McKenzie, etc., they did a episode not that long ago talking about the fact they don't think Vettel's even going to be around next year. Mm. And Lee McKenzie's like, you know, maybe he could steal a podium. And they were like, nah. (laughs) And there he is doing what that team have always done of being able to pick up the podiums, you know, when it kind of counted, when there's these crazy races, they've been there to steal these kind of podiums. And I think that's what we want to see from Aston Martin as well. They've had that setback at the start of the year, the rule changes, they've been off the pace. Vettel's been trying to figure himself out, but they've slowly but surely been working away, doing very well, working again, harder than other teams, or, you know, above their sort of pay station or pay grade. Um, And then now sort of starting to deliver some pretty good results. So, Let's see, that is, again, two street tracks. Very different, but two mm. street tracks. Let's see what happens next weekend. Do you reckon Lawrence Stroll is, like, dangling a fat check to all of the workers to be like... I'm sure. <laughs> Everyone gets a bonus. Yeah, the bonuses are insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you can compete with the McLaren, if we can do what we did last year... It's a week year. on my yacht! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was great to see. Super happy for Seb. Let's hope it continues. Yeah. Let's hope he can just keep bashing in these solid results. You know, I, I don't expect him to be sitting there... Hey, he might win a race, but uh, if he's always, you know, consistently top six, fighting top six, I think he's doing an amazing job. Mm. This is great to see him happy and smiling and the team. And I think, I think we have touched upon this in other podcasts, but we're hoping that Aston Martin are kind of more, putting much more focus into next year. And if you think about them developing car, the cars this year and how they're going and sort of every, climbing the grid, Bodes well for next season. Keep our fingers crossed, right? 
And so we come on to, finally, our race winner. Oh. Sergio Perez. He's getting the hang of this now, isn't oh he? Oh, my God. <laughs> Second Grand Prix victory, first with Red Bull, first for this year. Um, he, he did luck into it, but, but... There was a chance with the one and only pit stop. Mm. He could have potentially jumped just, Verstappen. Yeah. His pace was so strong. And then, strangely, <laughs> something. Yeah. Go, the, the team who always delivers sub two seconds pit stops week in, week out, something goes wrong. Yeah. Oh, and you're two seconds behind, Max. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry about that, Sergio. Um, I literally smelled it. I was like, that is, that is dodgy. Yeah. Um, but still... He did the race. Oh, it's such a boring thing to say. The race that Red Bull need him to do. Like, mm. he was there. It's such a drive, a second driver thing to say. It, it really is, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's getting in the way. He's messing up yeah. people's strategies. He's putting people under pressure. He did exactly what he should be doing in that car. To and, help Max. Yeah, and something that Red Bull haven't had for so long. But at the same time, I got, I'm like, oh, bore off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bore. But, but it, yeah, they kind of like, they, they jumped between the fence, didn't they? They said, this is what they should do if they're just getting max maximum points. But this is what Sergio's team and pit crew will want to do. Uh, it turns out they did what they, max, they needed Max <laughs> yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, whether Sergio's they, like- they all crowd around the gun as if like the gun was the yeah, oh, 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 this is not working. Yeah. It's because you push that button. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think Sergio may have gone in there like fully aware of his position going, I got this. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm chill. Yeah. And he said, give me a, give me five races or so to get up to speed. And the fifth race, he won the Grand Prix. <laughs> um, would he have done it if Max was still there? I don't think so. Doesn't no. matter. He would have been a solid second. First one, two for Red Bull since like 2016. or something <laughs> ridiculous. So, you know, lots of positive signs for our championship season. Great for Sergio. I think, you know, takes the pressure off his back. Not that there really was any because he's, he's been slowly figuring mm. it out. Um, you know, yeah, and it's just, it's good. It's mm. good for F1, good to see. Do you think that, what's your prediction for the end of the season? World Championship? Mm-hmm. Because at the moment- Constructor champion. Do you think Red Bull will win? Because, well, this is the thing, right? If Perez is going to keep bashing mm. in these results, I think no yeah. matter what, Red Bull could walk away with the constructors. Yeah. Drivers, who knows? But but considering Bottas's <laughs> seismic downfall, yeah, I, I do. I think if, uh, yeah. if if they can keep bashing out solid results, why not have a different constructor win and a different driver from yeah. a different team? So potential, but yeah, Perez has put him right himself right in there, yeah. third in the championship now. Okay, fine, twenty or thirty points behind, but hey, let's wait uh, and yeah. see. There's plenty of crazy races. Any, ahead. any retirements is just going to knock. 25, 20 points off, off that. So there we go. It's, it's and we've fairly... still got a long old season ahead. Oh, I know yeah. races race keep six. dropping away. Uh, yeah, race five, race five. Uh, was it race five or race uh, six? Yeah, Bahrain, Imola, Spain, Monaco, Baku, oh. race five. I know, but we've done six podcasts. Ah, yes, we did it. We did it. Look at you. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, what? Have we? When? No, I'm, um, just, I'm just checking all of my fuel receipts. <laughs> <laughs> that invoice is coming. Uh, but yeah, a, a mega, mega Grand Prix. Um, you know, as I say, lived up to the hype of qualifying. Maybe didn't live up to the hype of the first 30, 30 laps. But yeah, Baku once again delivered. I love these kind of races that give us podiums that we can smile about. Yeah. You know, championship season, of course, like we got a long way ahead, but this was great for the championship, but also gave us a podium that we could really smile about, results that we were pleased to see, people up there. It was just great, it's good feeling kind of race. Yeah. So from that point of view, I love it. I, I do worry about our next episode because we are going to the French Grand Prix. <laughs> oh my God. And I saw somebody tweet saying this is an ultimate test for 2021, which is turning out to be a great season. Can they even make the French Grand Prix interesting? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, uh, you just need them to open up that section. You know that bird's eye shot that you have? Just open it up. Don't put any cones back. Yeah. And just be like, go wherever you want. Do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, the only way. We because will see. The only experience, you've obviously driven a Formula One car out there. We're touching back on your Formula One. Oh my God. What was it What was it like to drive around that track? Because I've only done it virtually in a game. I find it impossible. Therefore, I hate mm. it. I mean, heck, I did three laps or two and a half. Um, and I was more focused on the driving experience. I, th I, th I think all I would say, because I no, did- No, you I were just terrified your GoPros were recording. Yeah. <laughs> I did many laps in an F4 car. Yeah. When you're driving, it doesn't matter yeah. because you're, you are focused on the racing. It's very obvious where you're going. It's not necessarily exciting. It's, mm. it's not. There's just no undulation, is there? It's just. We've both been lucky to drive around lots of different tracks around, mm. around the world, around the UK. And you've seen some really scenic ones, some really beautiful ones. You, you do 
take in the views, you do get a sense of where you are and it does add to the experience as well as the undulating corners and and that circuit is just wow. Yeah. It's just flat and mm. blue. So the, 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 the roads outside of Port Ricard are actually oh. far greater than the actual Fantastic. track. There should be another street, street, street circuit. Um, Let's just have a hill climb, an F1 hill climb. That's <laughs> what we suggested for Monaco. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we will be back to discuss, I mean, hey, if it rains... You never know. So mm. it might be an amazing Grand Prix. It might not. We don't know. Um, but we'll be back <laughs> to discuss it. Uh, it'd be great to hear your thoughts, as always, about the Baku Grand Prix. What have we missed? What have we not talked about, which you thought were key moments of the Grand Alonso. Prix? Probably Alonso. Never like to talk about that guy. Uh, yeah, definitely let us know in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to us only, you can tweet us and hashtag. I never. I mean, after the checkered flag, a bit long. but That is can, long. That's like half the characters yeah. you have on a Twitter. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> behind the glass and then at Wallace PJW within your tweet. Still half the characters. The same amount of characters. <laughs> Just tweet us. Get involved. Be part of the chat. And yes, make sure you stay subscribed. Whatever platform you're using to listen to us on for future episodes. Thanks for stopping by, Paul. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Maybe see you next Once time. Again. Who knows? <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.